I'm here talking to Kendall. I'm here talking to Annie. Today I'm talking about the murder of Anastasia Hester. Content warning is for pirate polyamory. You can follow us on Instagram at tellnoonepodcast or send us an email at tellnoonepod at gmail.com. Sources are in the show notes. Everything is alleged, but this is definitely tell no one. Enjoy. It's uh, June 2016. Oh. Do you know where your kids are? Yeah. Basically, we get a 911 call. It's 2.59 a.m. And it is disturbing. Oh, shiver. I heard it on Dateline. Um, It's really awful. It's like a woman kind of barely able to speak and she's like mumbling. And what they make out is someone tried to kill me stabbed me like she's like some intelligible stuff and the the 911 operator is like do you need an ambulance and she goes yes now and they ask do you know who did this to you are they still there and she says no and they're like do you know the name and they're like no i do not know who it is we're in gresham oregon and like can we worry about that later yeah i'm dying i'm dying the person calling is anastasia hester but she goes by annie hey girl um the police arrive and find her on the floor of her ground floor unit in an apartment building they take her to the hospital and where she ends up dying from her injuries. She's okay. 34. So they see right when they go to find her, they see there's like bloody footprints by the front door. And they're like, we don't want to walk on these yeah. to get her out because she's still alive at this point. So they break down her back fence and take her through the back sliding glass door and back through the fence around the back way. So they don't disturb the front of the house. Okay. Which is like brilliant. Smart, good thinking. Yeah. So they're looking at the scene now, which is now a murder scene because she's died. And they see in the back of the building a cinder block positioned under a bedroom window that had been opened. And there was an AC unit in the window that had been pushed through. Yeah. So it's clear someone stood on the cinder block, pushed the AC unit in and cl- climbed through that way. Through a window into her Through home. a window into her home. And they look into the window into the house and it's a child's bedroom. And Does she have a child? There's no child there. So they're like, what the fuck? Oh, fuck. So they're like, okay, we have to figure out what's happening A here. A child is usually here, or they're not here now. Right. What so they find out that she has a daughter named Alice, who's four years old, and they track down Alice's father, Matt Hester, and she is safe with him. Huh. So they're still looking through the house. They find a folding pocket knife on the floor and two other bigger knives in the kitchen that had been clearly taken from her knife block. Okay. And this is a very vicious attack. <clears throat> are they the knives that were okay, yeah. used to kill her? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so she, this is a one bedroom apartment. So she gave her daughter the bedroom and she slept in the living room. So she was sleeping on like a pullout couch and was attacked in her sleep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's 2008. Now we're going back. She's 26 and she marries Matt Hester. He is a loser. Mm. Family doesn't care for him, but she talked to her sisters and stuff about how she felt like she was like behind in life and thought I should um, get married. I should get married and move into a house, have a kid and like follow all the steps. Yeah. Uh, um, so she did that. They have Alice, but they divorce after five years and they have a peaceful custody arrangement. Okay. So back to the night of the murder, they interview her neighbors and they, a few of them report at 11 PM. They start hearing sounds of screaming and we did nothing. And we did nothing. Uh, 11 PM. They hear sounds of screaming and a thud. And they hear a conversation and like some moaning. And they actually turned up their music to drown it out. Oh, bad people? Yeah. Okay. Well, not, I mean. Oblivious. I mean, I don't know. 
It's hard because, like, I don't want to be. I've never heard that through my wall, right. and I, I've never had to wonder what to do. Right. But like, I hope I wouldn't fucking ignore it and like drown it out. Drown it out. It's different if it's like talking loudly or something, but yeah. screaming, <laughs> like a uh, pained moaning and yelling. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Four hours later, they hear a woman screaming. Oh. A door slam and a car leave. So this attack lasted about four hours. Ooh. No one called 911. Did it go on like that the entire time? I don't know. I mean, they turned up their fucking music. They don't know. Right. Okay. At the autopsy, she has 60 stab wounds. Some are eight inches deep, and she was nearly decapitated. Rage, rage, rage. She had a V, X, and a V carved into her shoulder. What the hell? And they don't know what the fuck that is. Oh, God. And they're like, it looks like it would be Roman numerals, but it's not. So, um, first things first, they interview her ex-husband, Matt, obviously. He um, doesn't have a job because he can, like, barely move or walk from a undiagnosed medical condition. Pardon? He collects disability payments and maybe faking it, is what I'm saying. Roger that, yeah. (laughs) Which I don't care. Mm -mm. I don't give a fuck about that. So, they ask him about their relationship, and he is such a fucking... He goes, yep, well, I ended up cheating on her. Okay. He says it like that. And they're like, okay. You know, he thinks he's like cool for And you doing know that. she got fucking murdered the other day? Uh-huh. No love. I'm not no very good. Her. I'm not very good at this relationship thing, he says. Okay, man. And they're like, how do you feel about, how do you feel about her? And he says, indifferent. I want to deal with her as little as possible. Did he know she had been killed during that interview? Yeah, dude. And he's just like, dude, I feel indifferent. Even now you feel indifferent about her? Even now. Yeah. Okay, man. It's really bleh. And you have a child with her. Mm-hmm. Like your kid doesn't have a mother anymore. You don't, you feel fucking indifferent. Yeah. Fuck you. I, he's a, mm-hmm. so after he and Annie divorced, he married a woman named Angela in 2014 and she had her own three children from previous relationships. Okay. So they ask what he was doing that night. He says, we were sleeping all night. We had Alice and we had Angela's three kids. We were all in the house sleeping. Yeah. They interview Angela. Angela says that, yeah, they were in bed by 10 p.m. And they're like, is there any way he could have gotten up in the middle of the night without you knowing? And she's like, no, he sleeps against the wall. He could not have left without like crawling over me and waking me up. And they both willingly hand over their cell phones. They, The police look into the living situation over at their house, and it's kind of strange. They have three roommates. so it's And four children? And four children. Yeah. So one of the roommates is Aaron McCraw, who is actually Angela's ex-husband and the father of two of her kids. Oh, I don't like it. He says he stays there when he has like nowhere else to go. So it's kind of like a couch surfing vibe from him. Sure. Are we like a, a group of unemployed people? Essentially. Okay. He was staying. He says he was staying in his girlfriend's house the night of the murder. He wasn't even there. So he has nothing to say. Roommate number two, who is unnamed, says that he saw Matt and Angela laying in their bed, which is in the living room, around midnight. So the attack started around 11. So got it. another roommate, Karina Walters, is Angela's best friend, and she lives in the garage. I would live in your garage if you'd let me. <laughs> it's stinky in there. <laughs> um, and she says their only car, the house, is, or, you know, Angela and Matt's only car is parked Right next to her face. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, is outside of the garage door. And she's like, if they started it, I would have heard it. Yeah. Um, she said, I definitely would have woken up. And also, up. did I? <laughs> I would have wakened. I would have woke. 
Yeah. But she also went to the bathroom in the house around 3.30 or 4 and saw them sleeping in their bed. Okay, yeah. So they're like, all right, this household is weird, (laughs) but we're moving on. They move on to Annie's other relationships. Here we learn that she was actually dating a married couple. She was in a little polyamory situation, but it doesn't end there. She met this couple in part of a community that she frequented, the pirate roleplay groups. What? You heard me. Pirate roleplay. Yeah. Fine. Fucking fine. Which is like fine. Yeah. Um... The police say, quote, we learned there are people that live their lives as pirates. Yeah. And they start thinking, you know, who likes pirates? I mean, you know what pirates like? Gold? Knives. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like, was this like a pirate knife thing? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But they do find, yeah, that's a stretch, honestly. (laughs) But they find that she had dabbled in the knife stuff, but it, in the end, quote, wasn't her thing. Okay. Um, in the Dateline episode, Josh Mankwin says her pirate friends did not intend for her to walk the plank. Oh. <laughs> so they also learned that the couple she was dating had broken up with her six weeks earlier. And they had an alibi the night of the murder and they were quickly eliminated. Yeah, I think um, we love to be like, oh, you're a little weird. Are you a killer? Yeah. No. no. Like we just, we separated and we consciously uncoupled with Annie. Okay. Right? So they're like, well, who the fuck? So they think. Maybe it was like a transient or something, a strange, a stranger. Yeah. Because the carving is weird. I can't connect it to anything in her life. Right. Like what's going on? Did it mean anything to her or to the guy killing her? Right. Is it just like a creepy weirdo? Yeah. Yeah. And her, the back of her apartment building is really close to something called the Springwater Trail, which has like some homeless people living there. Um, So they're like, could it have just been one of these people who found a cinder block and popped in for some reason? Sure. And like, we've eliminated everyone in her life. And she said on the 911 call, I don't know that She doesn't know them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Nothing was stolen, however. So they ruled out a botched robbery. Was she? um... No. Oh, okay. So they call in Matt and Angela again for questioning. Matt is really amplifying his like, pain show like he's barely walking across the room but the police are like is he overselling it as in like he couldn't have possibly done anything that physical oh or what so they ask him they're like okay this is a pretty vicious attack someone who did this would have marks on them probably yeah they ask him to take off his shirt there's nothing on him Mm. they ask about his shoes what shoe size he wears he says 11 and a half wide the shoe prints that they found in the house are nine and a half or ten Narrow. So, narrow. Skinny. <laughs> Nine and a half skinny. <laughs> so, now they are like, the police lie. In general? Yeah. Yeah. So, they decide to lie to him to see if it ruffles him up. You oh, know what I mean? yeah. So, they say, all right, Matt, listen here. Our investigation clearly shows that you're involved in this intimately. And he says, if you thought I actually did this, you'd arrest me by now. And they were like, strange thing. Usually, innocent people don't say that. Like... <laughs> Yeah, usually they're not like, then prove it, brother. Right, like, you don't have anything on me. Yeah. Like, kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're talking to Angela again, and she changes her story a little. Mm. She says, I hate this. Okay, so she says that around 3 a.m., her dogs start whining to be let out. She lets them out, and then she's like, I brought them to go pee, and then I went potty. She uh, says, I went potty. And I, end- <laughs> and I ended up puking and shitting myself. <laughs> Literally, fucking Guantanamo Bay. You could not get me to admit that in the middle of the night, I puked and shit myself. No. Yeah. She says, um, (laughs) 
<laughs> like, bitch, what? shut up. What? what the fuck? It's so funny because the cop is like, oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> oh. She says, I ended up puking and shitting myself at the same time. Why did she need to tell me that? Well, because she calls Matt in to help her shower and, quote, help get the poop off. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? She's the killer. (laughs) She's the killer. Because the only way it it would be better to admit that that had happened (laughs) is if what you were actually doing was murder. Yeah. 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 And some sweat. So they're like, I was also sweaty. She said, said, I guess I was sweating a lot. I bet. <laughs> so the police are like, hmm, it's a little suspicious. They're both in the shower at the time of the murder. Oh, okay, yeah. She's like putting them both there because on account of her shitting herself. <laughs> Thinking <laughs> on her feet, Angela. She's a fucking genius. <laughs> okay. So they ask Matt. They're like, okay, what really happened that night? And he's like, um, I woke up at three, but I didn't never got out of bed. This is all happening um, simultaneously, right? Yeah. They're apart from each other, yeah. each telling a different a different uh, recollection of what happened that night. Yeah, either he's like defending her honor and not going to talk about the shitting herself, <laughs> or she's lying. <laughs> okay, so at Annie's funeral, they send undercover cops. They are wont to do that. They see on the back of Angela's right hand that she had a one and a half inch laceration. They didn't notice that before. I guess not. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back. And think, my what's the motive here? Perhaps so. After Matt and and mm-hmm. so after Matt and Annie's divorce, they shared they sh- no what <laughs> after Matt and Annie's divorce, they shared custody of Alice. Um, so they share custody of Alice, and Matt pays Annie two hundred dollars a month in child support. But once Angela's in the picture, they start fighting about custody more often. Mm-hmm. And Angela actually called DCF on Annie for child neglect. But they found no evidence of that. Mm-hmm. She got the bedroom. Yeah. Matt is also not coming out of the woodwork saying that Annie had abused him during their marriage. Doubt it. And he stops paying child support. Right. So Matt refers to himself as a, quote, professional parent. He receives state benefits from their children because they had been diagnosed with medical conditions. Um, they get about $2,000 a month. And the couple before Annie's death had been pushing to have Alice diagnosed with bipolar disorder. She's four. Yeah. So they think, you know, more children with disabilities, more money from the government. Yeah, totally. Um, And I'm sure Annie was like, I'm going to keep her. Thank you. Yeah. What are you talking about? What the fuck? You don't have a job. Like, I'm I'm totally fine with you not working. Uh, I don't care. But don't diagnose your kids with like fake conditions to like milk them for money. Like fake your medical condition. Fine. Sure. I limp from here to Timbuktu. I don't give a fuck, (laughs) frankly, because I don't think you should have to work to have a home or to eat. So I don't care. Me too. But... Your children don't have bipolar. No. What the fuck are you doing? Perfect. (laughs) So the judge awards Annie full custody six months before her murder. And Matt was billed $29,000 in court and legal fees and $13,000 in back child support. He could never fucking pay that. He could never pay that. He also lost his driver's license, which is a punishment for not paying child support. Really? Yep. They're very serious about child support. Mm. Then how are you going to get to work to pay for it? They don't think that far. Okay. There's also a warrant issued for his arrest related to child support as well. You can go to jail for not paying. Yeah, that. they're like not kid. It's you like fucking taxes. cannot have a kid and not pay for it. No. So the roommate who's best friends with Angela, who I mentioned, Karina, mm-hmm. she says she remembers when this like the court awarded this stuff. She remembers Angela screaming and crying. 
And Matt was like kind of sitting there like indifferent, like kind of like, whatever. Yeah. And Angela said, quote, if I killed her, no one would even miss her. Fuck you, bitch. Yeah, fuck you, bitch, for real. If I killed her, what about her fucking daughter? daughter? Yeah. The fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. So um, ring cameras are going to be the downfall of us all. I know. I want to fucking die when I think about it. Everyone is being watched all the time. Yeah. You've always had a Truman Show complex. (laughs) So their neighbor's security camera shows their white or silver Mazda SUV coming out of their driveway just before 11 p.m. Okay. (laughs) They cannot tell who's driving, but different cameras like in different stores capture pretty much their whole route to the driveway of Annie's apartment. I'm like, I'm here to tell you, you cannot kill people anymore. Like we're all on candy camera. Yeah, you can't do it. The drive is about 26 minutes. They get at Annie. No, they do get at her. (laughs) (laughs) They arrive at Annie's house at 1123, which corresponds with the witness statements four hours later around 3 a.m the car is picked up on camera again returning into their driveway what the fuck did they do for that long in her home the police are like it was torturous oh my god yeah yeah you didn't i know you killed her for the money but like you enjoyed it yeah you spent hours there like you didn't go in and shoot her right oh what the fuck So Karina, the garage roommate, says, look, they must have, like, not started the car in the driveway, like, pushed it out or something, because I definitely wouldn't have heard it. No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I definitely would have heard it. Yeah. But the cops are like, I think she's fucking lying. Um, So they start looking through their phones more intently. They see on November 8th. Okay, she was murdered in June, so this is eight months before. Mm. Oh, my God. What? Um, What? On November 8th, Matt sent Angela a Payless coupon. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) An hour later, Angela sent Matt a picture taken in a Payless shoe store of two different boots. They showed this picture to the... Well, the police showed the picture to the Payless manager, and they're like, yep, those are Airwalk Myra's type of shoe. Mm -hmm. This picture was taken at our Clackinus location because I can tell that the carpet hasn't been changed. This location is 10 minutes from Matt and Angela's apartment. On that day in that store, only one pair of Airwalk Myras were sold and they were bought by a credit card. The credit card was Angela Hester's. They were size nine and a half and they're the same tread that was stamped in blood at the crime scene. So they have Angela pretty closely tied to the murder, but they don't have anything on Matt. She got big feet. What? (laughs) (laughs) How tall is she? (laughs) It's all relative. (laughs) Everyone wants to be tall until it comes to the shoe size. So a year passes. They're waiting on DNA results. In October 2017, Angela and Matt moved to Idaho. Well, I don't know what you're doing there. But they, the police are like surveilling the couple and they see that Matt is not in debilitating pain. Oh my God, you fucking worm. Yeah. He's like, they have video of him like, throwing (laughs) manual labor (laughs) yes like throwing big cases of water over his shoulder at costco mowing the lawn like doing all this like very i'm okay type of stuff yeah so on october 4th they go to their house and arrest angela and she is irate she's like why am i being arrested you stupid fuck i have kids she's like fake crying like my kids are gonna be home any minute oh my god alice is living with them it's awful yeah you're trash yeah eat dirt and die trash during the questioning <laughs> she had a scar on her hand that she was like subconscious not subconscious unconsciously like rubbing 
you're telling on yourself. Yeah. They get the DNA back and they match DNA from the knife block in Annie's apartment to blood stains in the Mazda to Angela. They have blood in their car? Mm-hmm. Oh, you dumb fuck. Yeah. They are dumb fuck. So they bring Matt in and he's putting on his he's he's limping in there again oh my god wrong leg yeah and the the detective goes i'm not buying the fibromyalgia matt <laughs> i'm <laughs> that, not buying it that is what he's been hawking fibromyalgia yeah <laughs> so he changes his story again he says around 3 a.m the night of the murder he was sleeping and angela woke him up i forgot she was the shitting <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was just a fun lie she told <laughs> oh my god okay she wakes him up and without saying anything she brings him to the shower and he starts just like washing blood off of her. There's blood caked in her hair. Um, there's blood pooling in the drain. You and he fucking says, turncoat. He didn't ask any questions. You're t- you're trying to tell me she went to kill Annie and then came home and you cleaned her off all the blood. Yeah. And not a not a word between the two of you about what the fuck happened. Well, the police say, so your wife comes home at three drenched in the morning, in blood. drenched in blood. And the next morning, your ex-wife has been found brutally murdered <laughs> and you don't connect any dots. Even like, I don't know if if you came home at night drenched in blood, I'd be like, are you okay? Did you get hurt tonight? Right, 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 right. A woman came home covered in blood. Did you have a Chappaquiddick event tonight? Yeah. <laughs> hey, are you catatonic? This is our Chappaquiddick, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. He also says that he cleaned some blood stains out of the car. Okay. What? <laughs> but he denied any part in the murder or planning it. Yeah, so he changes his story yet again. And he tells the police that Angela had talked about hiring her ex-husband, Aaron McCraw, to do the murder. Don't drag Aaron McCraw into it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> he says that the, the plan fell apart because they just didn't have any, enough money to pay him. Yeah, you're flat broke. Right. Aaron's Also, like, Aaron's living with you. Like, it would have been a weird thing. Oh, yeah. Why would Aaron lie for them? I don't know. But the, the police ask him, like, did they ever approach you? And he was like, absolutely not. No, mm. no, no, no. Yeah, no. So, Annie had a $100,000 life insurance policy. Did it go to the fucking daughter? Well, her insurer called the detectives to say that Matt had recently called to see if he was eligible for the payout because he <laughs> like was the beneficiary when they were married, yeah. but she obviously changed it after they got divorced and he married someone else. <laughs> I like when the company will um, work. Tell. Yeah. Tell. They're like, Hey, so she had changed the beneficiary to her parents and Alice. Duh. Summer of 2019. Matt Hester is charged with one count of solicitation to commit murder and two counts of criminal conspiracy to commit murder and one count of hindering prosecution. Angela never turned on him? No. She never went, actually, you were there, fucker. Neither of them did. They never really cracked. And you're right. He never never admitted, like, she killed her. All he told them was, like, she had blood on her. Yeah. In November 2020, Angela pleaded guilty to one count of second-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Mm. She'll be eligible for parole after serving 25 years. Matt pleaded guilty in August 2021 to solicitation to commit murder and hindering prosecution. He was sentenced to 56 months in prison. And his earliest possible release date is March 2023, six months from now. He killed her, though. Angela and Matt divorced while in prison and are allegedly no longer in contact. Angela's children were put in foster care while Alice is being raised by her maternal grandparents. Yeah. Thank God. She's 10 years old now. It's terrible. They did never t- turn on each other, though. 
Good for them. I bet they were really in love. They couldn't make it work in prison, though. Long dist. <sighs> Don't catch me killing for any man, please. Oh, my God, Angela, you're fucking dumb beyond belief, babe. You are dumb beyond belief. So sad. Well, feel free to absorb that information. Feel free to share it. <laughs> Azra, you heard it. Tell no one. Goodbye. Goodbye.